it's good to be back in the house of the Lord this evening. I'm glad I was at one point broken in my life, or if I had not found myself broken, I could have never been saved. And the sick don't need a doctor this evening. You understand that. You don't go to the doctor when you're sick, but you go to the doctor when you're afflicted and when you're ill. And I'm glad one day I saw myself as broken and in need of a Savior. And I carried my burden to the Lord, and He did not turn me away. I'm glad that I'm no longer broken anymore. You understand that. We've been fulfilled in Jesus. We are put together by Him. He is the glue that pieces us together. And if by chance somebody was to get Him away from you, uh, you would fall apart. But I've got good news this evening. There will never be, nor will there ever come, anything that could ever take Christ away from us tonight, church. Paul said that uh, no matter come what may, he said no, things present nor things to come could not pluck us out of his hand. Can I tell you, we are saved and sealed this evening, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. They can take our life, they can persecute us, uh, they can cast us down, uh, uh, they can make us out to be the bad guy all they want to, uh, uh, they can take your house, uh, they can take your car, but they'll never be able to take the Lord out of our hearts. Uh, we are saved and sealed this evening. Bound for glory. If you got your Bible this evening, turn to Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. I want to pause right here and say it is always an honor to be able to stand in the pulpit of one of your heroes. And uh, Brother Clint has been a hero to me. Uh, I look up to him. I love, I love our man of God here at this church. Jeremiah chapter 31. I want to go ahead and give you this warning. Uh, I want you to listen closely to what, I, what I've got to say. We're going to get off into something here. And I really want you to listen close to what I've got to say. Because when we come out on the other side, some of you are going to be lost as a goose in high weeds. So just listen to what I've got to say. I promise you I'm going somewhere this evening. Jeremiah chapter 31. In verse 31, the Bible says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which covenant, my covenant, they break. Although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it on the, in their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. They shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin. No more. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I stand where the arm of flesh fails me this evening. God, there's no power of in, within myself that I can use to uh, break the heart of some sinner and draw them near unto you, Father. I stand in a place where no man ought to stand alone this evening. So, Father, I pray that you would help me, God. Take me up uh, and empower me. And help me to preach in the anointing of the Holy Ghost this evening. Father, I pray, Father, that I would speak everything you'd have me to say and nothing you would not want me to. Lord, I pray, Father, everything that I do tonight uh, would be to your honor and to your glory, God. May nothing be laid aside for me. Father, I love you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. In the Bible, we hear of God talking about an old covenant. A covenant that 
people rebelled against and the Lord said uh, that, that uh, God made with the people of Israel uh, the Bible says that he wrote it on stone tablets and they called it the law and this was the law of the Lord but there was one problem these people could not keep this law no matter how hard they tried this old covenant they always rebelled against it there was nothing that they could do they were born to run away from the goodness of the Lord this evening but the Lord says here there will come a day that he will make a new covenant a covenant different from the old a covenant that we now know today as a covenant of the church a covenant towards the church to you and I this evening the Bible says that when God makes this new covenant with these believers that would come to know Him, He's not going to write it on old stone tablets and, and wood uh, uh, like it said to do in Deuteronomy, but He said that when this covenant comes, uh, He's going to write it on the very heart of the believers. Amen. But this morning, this evening, in order for, to get where we're going, I need you to answer a question for me. Who is or what is the church? That's a question you truly need to ask yourself before we proceed. Who or what is a church? Is it a membership? Is it a place to come on Sunday morning and Sunday evening? Is it a baptism certificate that you hang in your room? Is it a group of people that you, that you and I belong to? Is it a building that we come to and that we love? And is it a, is it a pastor? Is it a, is it a preacher? Is all of this the church? I wonder what your view of the church is tonight. See, the Bible has a specific definition for the church, and it's not this building, it's not a membership role, it's not a position here. It is a people. The church is a people, but not only is it a people, it is a bride, a bride with a husband, a bride that was given by one to another. The church this evening is a bride. And this evening I want to talk to you just a little bit about this bride just like every bride this church or this bride has a husband but it's not just any husband made of flesh and bone it is the Lord Jesus Christ himself he is the husband towards this bride I want you to understand something the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ is a beautiful bride that the Lord has prepared for himself that the Lord has chosen, called out, and redeemed all by Himself, left to nobody else but Himself. He is the brightest, nobody else's but the Lord Jesus Christ. It was prepared, it was chosen, it was called out, it was loved by Him. The place we are this evening, it is not the church. It is a tabernacle where the bride of Christ meets, but it is not a church. When the time comes, uh, this place will burn with the rest of this world. But the church, uh, the true church, uh, will be somewhere up there beyond the skies, uh, untouched by harm, uh, living forever with its husband. There is coming a time where the church will be raptured out of here carried away, stolen in the night uh, the bridegroom cometh uh, and taketh his bride away and when all of that happens uh, this won't matter and that won't matter the only thing that's going to matter is are you a part of this bride this body of believers, this organism this thing that's living and breathing and one day will go on to meet the husband that it's been prepared for Amen. this evening I want to look at a little characteristics of this bride First, I want you to understand 
that there is a purity to this bride. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 34. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. You want to know what really irks me? To hear people that have no idea what they're talking about say the church is dirty, the church is defiled, it's filthy, there's more sin in the church than out of the church. Friend, you don't have a correct view of the church. The Bible says that this bride that the Lord has prepared for himself, she's a pure bride, a beautiful bride, a clean bride. A bride robed in white this evening. But then you have people that go around and call the church, this bride of Christ, uh, hypocritical and sinful and, and worse in the world. The church is awful. Can I tell you, you better be careful how you talk about the Lord's bride. I never knew a man that if you slandered his wife, he wouldn't slap you in the mouth. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, if you talk about mine, fair warning, I will slap you in the mouth. You can say what you want to about me, but you ever lay your tongue on her, me and you've got problems. How much more so do you think the Lord Jesus is when people slander his church and curse his church? How much the church that he died for, that he paid for, that he redeemed, how much more so does he get offended by you talking bad about his beautiful bride? sickens and saddens me to think about the views of people when it comes to the church the church is a beautiful and clean and pure bride to see and people always ask and talk about all of the stuff that happened to them and, and the things that they've experienced and the question you really need to ask yourself and this is a true question this evening was it actually the church because not everybody in this building, hey, wake up, call, uh, just fair warning. Not everybody in this building this evening is a part of the true church. They come to this church. They listen to the word preached. They sing the songs with you. But they may not be a part of the Lord's bride this evening. And people get around these apostates that defile them and call themselves a part of the church. But really they wouldn't know God if he hit them upside the head and the people get hurt by the church this evening. They don't have a, a correct view of what the church is. The church is a purchased people. A people that's pure, white, and clean. It is not somebody who is hurt. The church is a beautiful person. It's a beautiful bride. You say, preacher, is the church perfect? Absolutely not. It's not. It's not. The people are not perfect at all. But it's their husband that's perfect. And whenever they fall and whenever they stumble, whenever they fail, the husband is always quick to pick them up and dust them off and call them back to himself. I tell you this morning, with a husband like that, how can you call the bride dirty? You say, preacher, well, I've been real hurt by the church. Maybe it wasn't actually the church that hurt you. Maybe it was some people that actually wandered into the building but they were never made regenerated and born in, born again into the body of Christ maybe it wasn't the church that hurts you maybe it was somebody there looking to cause mischief and trouble because when you encounter the true church those true believers I'm going to refer to them tonight as true believers those true believers who love Christ and want to see his will done that's a pure and purchased people 
this evening. The Bible says that this bride, her sins have been forgotten. Her iniquity has been cleansed. That's talking about the bride this evening. If a believer stumbles, you mark my words, they cannot and will not stay in sin long. So I preach, well, I know somebody who's been in sin for 30 years, but they're saved. Hey, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, they may not be saved tonight, friend. If you can go away and stay away, there's a problem with that. I couldn't leave him tonight if I wanted to. I've tried to quit. I've tried to give it up. I throw in the towel, hang it all up. But every time I try, he calls me right back to himself. That's how you know you're a part of the bride tonight. When you try and try and try, he still keeps calling you back and pulling you back. Well, preacher, I know somebody. I'll just go ahead and burst your bubble. They may not have what they say they have. Because when a church falls, when a true believer falls and fails and falters, their husband is quick to bring them back into the fold. That's the true church this evening. John said, they went out from us because they were not of us. For if they were of us, they surely would have remained with us. Amen. Understand, everything that happens in this building is not done by the church and body of the Lord Jesus Christ. I really want to nail this home this evening in this church uh, there are people who are in the body and bride of Christ uh, and then there are those who just come to attend her service. you got people who are actually saved, redeemed, and regenerated. And then you've got those who come to see those people get in touch with their husband. There's two separate people. you got people who are in, in and then you got people who are out. And you know what really scares me is that the people that are outside of the bride of Christ are getting more and more comfortable and getting better and better at pretending to be a part of the bride. Not everything done in this building was done by the church. I want you to understand what I'm about to say to you. Nail this home in your head. And if anybody tries to tell you different, you tell them I said so. The church has always, will always be glorious. And it will always be pure. You say, preacher, why? Because that's what her husband always is. He's glorious. He's pure. He's great. And whenever she fails and falters and stumbles, he picks her up and holds her hand to make her what he is. husband is always these things see the church the true church is always with the Lord whenever it stumbles whenever it fails it is quickly drawn back to her husband now watch this not because of his anger towards her but because of his love for her can I tell you when I got married it opened up a lot of a lot, a lot of things in my eyes You win a lot more ants with honey than you do with salt. I'll tell you that much. I'll just go ahead and speak from personal experience. That my beautiful bride sitting right there, I can, I can, I can be mad as a hornet at her. 
And I'll say something and she'll immediately cut me off and not listen to a thing I have to say. But it's whenever I love her and ask her nicely and love her and show her what I wanted done. And that's when she finds it in herself to want what I want. So when the bride of Christ stumbles, he's not, she doesn't return back to him because of his anger towards her. But she returns back to the Lord because of his love for her. Amen. Say, preacher, what do you mean? I mean this, John 13, 1. Having loved his own which were in the world. Listen to this. He loved them till the end. See, Jesus didn't stop when he was about to go to the cross loving the people of the world. He didn't stop loving the disciples, but the Bible says he loved them to the end. See, this church, the reason she's so quick to go back to her Lord is because of his love for her. For he loved her when she was unpure. He paid for her when she was worthless. He loved her to the very death of his own body. He loves the church tonight. And she is a pure and clean bride. See, the true church, the bride of Christ, understands that they are not who or what they are all by themselves. The actual church of Christ understands, but only by the grace and mercy of God is what they are. Through the shedding of the spotless land, the church is now a pure bride adorned for her groom that nothing can defile. The church is a pure church this evening. The church, people say, is dirty. It's disgusting. It's filthy. It's sinful. It's nasty. It's hypocritical. Friend, maybe you don't have a correct view of the church. Maybe you don't have a correct view of the actual church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the church is a pure bride. One that's been forgiven, iniquity cleansed from her. The church is pure this evening. But this is what I really want to get to here. I not only want you to see the purity of this bride, but I want you to notice the law and the relationship of this bride. Say, so, preacher, what do you mean? One of the greatest works of salvation is the fact after salvation you become aware of the law of God. I love seeing new babes in Christ when they sin and they fail and they mess up and they really know that they messed up. And where at one time they would have ran away and, and not thought a single thing. They were callous to their sin. Now because they've been awakened to their sin, they realize, I've done God wrong. I've got to go back to Him. Why is that? Because God made them a new creature. But Caleb, when He made them a new creature, the Bible gives us a little something in here. He says He not only made them new P.J., but upon that new heart that he gave them, he wrote his law on there. Bible says he took his finger and he wrote the law upon your heart. You say, preacher, I remember when I first got saved, I didn't know a lick of scripture. And I sinned and I somehow, some way, I knew I sinned. It was because the law of God was written upon your heart when you got saved. After they've gotten saved, they become aware of this sin. 
They once hated, they once hated righteousness and loved their sin. And now they hate their sin and love righteousness. And it's all because of a supernatural work that was done inside of them. Where they used to be calloused of their sin. Now they meet their sin with a repentance. And they come back to the Lord. They are a new creature. And the Lord has wrote His will. But not only He wrote His will, but they found a new desire to do His will. So here's what scares me a lot of times. A lot of times people will know the will of God, but they have no desire to do the will of God. That's a scary place to be, friend. I, I, if, you're, if you're there, I remember when I first got saved and even until this day, whenever I, I fail the Lord and, and, I, and I mess up and I really know I messed up, I, I've always got this sense of I failed Him. I messed up big time. And it breaks me. You ever sin so bad you really just want to throw up? I've been there. It's like a physical pain down deep inside of you. A brokenness that occurs inside of your heart because you did not do what the Lord wanted you to do and because you had a desire to do what He wanted you to do and you didn't do it. It scares me when people who know the will of God refuse it and go against it every chance they get. How can a saved person do that? That's the question. Are they saved? It's okay. Paul said it's okay to examine yourself. To see if you're in the faith. And if I were you this evening, I'd be asking the question, is the Lord's will really written on my heart? Am I real, do I really have a desire to do His will? That's the question I'd be asking myself tonight. Is the Lord's will and law written on my heart? Or have I deceived myself into thinking that I was a part of the bride and I was really never of her? They used to be callous to their sin, but now they've awakened to the thought that they have sin. Now they love righteousness more than their sin, and God has wrote, written His law on their heart. And this is what I really find. This is what I, Caleb Fan, come here. Come here, Caleb Fan. Stand right here. Now, this old covenant law. If you'll go back in the Old Testament, I ain't got time to do your Bible study for you, so you do it when you get home. If you'll go back in the Old Testament, the Bible says that he actually took his finger and wrote his law into those tablets. He wrote it himself. The finger of Almighty God wrote his law on those tablets. Bible says in Deuteronomy, Micah, that they went at, on the doorposts of their house. They were supposed to write the law and carve the law on the doorposts of their house so they wouldn't forget it and so they would always keep it. But no matter where they went, no matter where they turned, there was no desire within themselves to keep the law of God. They could not keep it. And so they ran from it. They rebelled against it. Now watch this. The Bible says when you've been born into the bride of Christ he writes his law on your heart you say what does that mean just like with them old testament stones he took his finger and he wrote his law on your heart this evening right. Amen. Yes, 
Say, preacher, what does it mean? You can sit down. You say, preacher, what does it mean to be a believer? I'll tell you what it means. It means you've got the law of God inside of you. And every time, and even if you were to rebel against it and want to go out and want to get away from the law of God, that law is always sitting there staring you in the face saying, no, you can't do this. Go back. Return, return. Return back to the Lord. You know what really scares me? Thousands of people this morning and this evening. Thousands. Thousands of people this morning and this evening walked into a church, Caleb. They sat down inside of a pew. And the Lord stopped by their pew. Said, you can't keep this law. This religious law of do good, do good, do good. But I can write my law inside of you. And it will keep you. You want to know what I've noticed, PJ? A lot of times... We come into church and we love the worship. Oh, that music's so good. That preacher can really sing. And we'll sit there and we'll stand up and we'll raise our hands and we'll shout and we'll thank God for His goodness to us and His grace to us and we'll sway back and forth with our eyes closed maybe even shed a few tears but then all of a sudden a man of God gets up to bring the Word of God and the law of God and there's like a mass exodus everybody wants to get out as soon as they can I'm worried you show me somebody who doesn't like to hear the Word of God preached and I'll show you somebody I'm very concerned for My question to you is if the law is written inside of you wouldn't the law inside of you and what's being preached bear witness with one another and you enjoy that? So here's my question. Why whenever a man of God gets up and preaches the word of God you want to leave as soon as you can? Is it because maybe just maybe What's being preached and what's inside of you don't line up together. The Bible says He wrote it on our hearts, PJ, engraved it inside of us. That's a nature that's a part of us. To want and desire to do the will of God. And He wrote it on our hearts, not in our brains. Because we forget that. But he wrote it in our inward parts. Upon the heart of each and every single believer. To want and the will to do the will of God. To desire to see God's will fulfilled. That if they tried to leave. That law would confront them in their sin. And bring them back into the fold. So my question for you tonight. Is is that law actually written on your heart? Bible says in this new covenant Caleb I, I want you to understand he didn't say it was a new law he didn't say it was a new law he said it was a new covenant he was going to do something different the will of God hasn't changed but he said I'll write it in your heart 
Can I just go ahead and break the news to you? You didn't get skipped in the assembly line. Maybe if it's not there. No, no, maybe about it. If it's not there, you're not a part of this bride. You're not. And you're coming to this place in vain. This is the place where the bride of Christ meets. And you're looking at all of us enjoy this. And enjoy this fellowship that we have with our Lord. And you're just sitting there on the outside knowing that you could come and get in. And I asked myself this question last night. Sitting in my, sitting in my chair at the house. I asked myself this question. If somebody was on the outside, PJ... They can be on the inside and still be on the outside. Amen. They could be inside of this place and still not know a lick of what we're talking about. They don't know about conviction. They don't know about repentance. They don't know about any of that. Why? Because the law is not written inside of their hearts. And I asked myself this question last night. Why in the world? Why in the world would somebody sit on the outside for so long? And not have a single desire to get in. PJ, you want to know what our problem is? I honestly believe this. I honestly do. Whenever somebody wants to get inside the bride of Christ, the Bible says the law is going to be written in their heart if they're truly redeemed. But we'll come up here and somebody will get saved. And then they'll go back to their seat and continue living in their sin. And they will just say they need discipleship. And then we'll disciple somebody for 50 years. And all along we've been discipling a goat that didn't know nothing about the will of God. We spend a moment with them at their salvation, the place where they were supposed to get in. And then we spend 50 years discipling a goat that knows nothing about what we're talking about. Because they did not actually get inside of the bride. When you are a part of this bride, a part of this people, the law of our Lord is written on your heart. And we'll spend 50 years trying to teach somebody the law of God that's not written inside their heart first. Say, preacher, what good is that? It's no good. The Old Testament proves that. this bride and I asked myself why would somebody do that and this is what I come up with this next part in this verse verse 33 and I will be their God and they shall be my people and preacher why why would somebody sit on the outside for so long and not have any desire to come on the inside Because the Bible says when you get on the inside, He will be your God. And you will be His people. There's a submission to that. 
There's something in there that says I've got to get rid of me and I now follow him. I'm no longer the leader. I am the follower. At one time in my life, I led my life. I did what I want to. I did what I deserved. But when I got on the inside of the bride, I then became the follower of the Lord. Caleb, it's really scary. I was talking to Brother Clint last night. It's really scary to hear somebody stand up and say Jesus is Lord and then look at the way they live their life. You understand what that word Lord means, right? It means He is your complete authority. He is over you. He directs your steps. He guides your path. What He says goes. He is the Lord this evening. And I just got, I just got some bad news, good news. Take it how you want to take it. Whether you're saved or lost, He is still your Lord. He is still over you. And one of these days, this wicked world's going to find that out when he comes again in the clouds. Uh, when the Bible says that, uh, that he, he, he judgeth and maketh war. Right. Right. The world's going to find that out. Yes, Jesus is Lord. But I love this. When you get born into the bride of Christ, a relationship takes place. He becomes yours. And you become his. I want to tell y'all something. I told my wife the other day. I told Danielle the other day riding in the car. I said, don't laugh at me. But I have something to confess. And I told her. I said, sometimes when I'm riding by myself, nobody's around, I just stick my hand out like this. And I just can envision holding the Lord's hand while he's riding in the passenger seat. I know it I know it may sound silly to you. But it's just something inside of me. Knowing that I've got somebody watching over me when my wife ain't there, when my mom and my daddy ain't there, when Brother Clint and PJ and all of you aren't there, there's somebody there that can watch over me and guide me and lead me. And it's not just some stranger. He is mine and I am his. It's a personal relationship with him inside of me. He is my God and I love him and I am his and he loves me. There's something about that. And if you ain't a part of this bride this evening, you can be. And you can know what I'm talking about. That relationship that occurs when you come to know the Lord. You don't know why, but you'll start talking. You'll just start talking, not really even know what you're saying. You'll be frustrated, sad, mad. And you just start throwing words out, hoping he understands. That's the relationship that the bride of Christ has with him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. The other night we were at Brother Clint's last night. And Danielle was talking. If you ain't ever heard my wife talk, she talks in incomplete sentences. <laughs> hey, can we this and that and then this? Yeah. Anyway, we were sitting on the couch and she did it. And in my mind, I knew exactly what she was talking about. Brooke Lynn's sitting there like, what did you just say? <laughs> it's because she's my bride. Amen. Yeah. 
could I live with her? Can I know her? And when I'm not with her, I long to be with her. And so I, I seek to understand her. Even when she's not saying everything that she needs to say. And even when she expects me to be a mind reader. There's something about wanting to get to know her and help her and be there with her. And even when she even when she throws out those incomplete sentences that nobody else understands, I can sit there and look at her and say, I got you loud and clear. Here's what you were trying to say. And I'm glad tonight that I have that relationship with the Lord. That whenever I don't know what to say and nobody else knows what I'm talking about, my husband knows exactly what I'm talking about. Why? Because I am his bride. And he is my groom. And when I can't find the words to express the hurt I'm feeling, and even when my earthly wife doesn't understand what I'm going through, I've got a bride, I've got a husband in heaven, a Lord in heaven that loves me and understands me and knows me, who made me, who died for me, who kept me. Say, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm talking about a, a love, a relationship that you can only know if you get inside the fold this evening. That's not something you can experience on the outside. It's something you got to be on the inside to understand. And anybody who knows the Lord this evening, they sure know what I'm talking about. Because sometimes I, when I'm praying, I don't even really pray. I just sit there and sob like a little baby. And I just hope he knows what's on my heart. And what I found out, what I've come to know, is that when I can't find the words to say, he knows exactly what I'm saying. Even when I don't say a word, he knows what I'm saying. It's a relationship. It's a beautiful relationship. A relationship that can only be felt if you're in the bride of Christ. And can I, can I just go ahead and put this here before we move on? You have that opportunity this evening. Understand what I'm talking about inside and outside. I'm not talking about something that's cut off from you. I'm not talking about something that you can't reach and you can't obtain. I've got good news this evening. That bridegroom that I'm talking about, uh, he don't turn anybody away, but he accepts everybody and he'll allow you in the fold this evening. We've looked at the purity of this bride. You better be careful how you talk about the church. I hate it. It, 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 it makes me so mad to hear people slander the church. I want to look at them. And I mean church people. They'll come in and they'll slander the church. And I just, I just look at them and I wonder, do you understand? This is what he bought. This is what he paid for. This is what he longed for. When we were impure and in our sins, he died and paid the price for you and I. There's a purity to this bride. There's a law and a relationship that's in this bride. And I want you to understand this morning, there's a future for this bride. Take, go to, turn with me in your Bibles, Revelations 19. 
Revelations chapter 19. I've talked about this bride all evening. And I hope you're getting what I'm saying when I say the bride of Christ. I'm talking about true believers. You better be careful this evening. Because not everybody in here that proclaims to be a believer is an actual believer. A true believer. You say, preacher, you believe that? I sure do. I absolutely believe that. Not everybody in here or in the world today that says that they are a true believer is actually a true believer. Not everybody who proclaims to be a part of the church of the Lord is actually a part of the church of the Lord. But I want you to notice this evening <clears throat> that this is not all that there is for this bride. See, what does a bride do? She gets married. <laughs> and one of these days we're heading to a wedding ceremony where God the Father is going to walk with the bride, the church down the altar to meet the Son of God and the Holy Spirit's going to officiate the service and introduce us to our bridegroom this evening. I'm telling you this morning, there is a future for this bride. We are not here to be slandered and cursed, but we are here for a purpose, to invite others into the fold in hopes that they can go to this wedding feast with us. Revelations 19. Verse 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come. Listen to this. And his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. John here he sees a future for this bride Bible says that when it's all over and this world's done with the Bible says his bride hath made herself ready now watch this it was granted to her she should be arrayed in fine linen clean and white for this is the righteousness of the saints let me ask you something if the church is so dirty and if the church is so filthy, why is it robed in white? PJ, were these believers at this marriage supper perfect? Absolutely not. So they weren't perfect. They did fail. And yet here in Revelation 19, it says they're robed in white, Cain. So what's between that? I tell you, there's a few little words. Let me get back up here to read it. There's some words in here. <clears throat> and to her was granted. You know what that word granted means? It was given to. It means it was imputed to her. It means that this righteousness she's wearing at this marriage supper, it is not her own righteousness. But it's the righteousness of her husband. And it was granted to her that she should be arrayed in fine linen. And the church is dirty. These were not perfect believers. So why are they wearing white? I'll tell you why. Because they were believers. 
because they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and his righteousness was imputed to her I just want you to understand and I want you to get this real good and real clear I want to thank God this evening that I'm a part of this church I'm not talking about Kimberly First Baptist I'm talking about the bodies of believers that meet here in Kimberly First Baptist. I'm talking about the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. I'm talking about the actual church this evening. I'm glad to be a part of the church. You could say what you want to about the church, but I am not leaving the church church is what he paid for the church is what he bought and I'm sticking with the church I'm staying with the church and thank God I'm able to be a part of this bride mother say preacher what did you do what 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 did you do to be able to be a part of this absolutely nothing (laughs) there was nothing I could have done who am I who am I to be a part of this bride It was all about what he did. And then when I realized that I was absolutely nothing and could do nothing, and I fell down and repented of my sin. That's a word that's not used a lot in church, repentance. That's still something you have to do to be saved. You say, preacher, what does repentance mean? It means to stop what you're doing and turn the other way. Completely abandon it and leave of your sin and I was met with repentance and the Lord all I had to do was believe and the Lord did the rest and friend that's all you got to do this evening say preacher what do, you gotta, what do I got to do to be in this fold What do I got to do to be a part of this? Have the relationship that you're talking about with the Lord. What do I got to do? Believe. Believe. It's not so much in what you say. Everybody puts such emphasis on prayer. Do you know there's some places in the Bible where it's not even recorded that believers pray? That people who got saved pray? It's not. Bible says and they believed so it's not necessarily in what you say it's what goes on in here it's what you believe this evening one day I'm headed to this marriage supper John saw I'm headed there that's country slang for I'm going that way I'm headed there I'm on my way to that fair land. I just wonder if John's seen you at this marriage supper. Bible says he's seen the bride. I wonder if he's seen you there. Were you a part of this bride that John saw up there at the marriage supper of the Lamb? Friend, whatever you do, do not walk out of here. Examine yourself. Be sure that you're in the faith. Don't walk out of here convincing yourself that you're okay. I'm glad this evening 
to be a part of the church. See, there's a lot of people. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to stop with this. I'm never done. Ask my wife. I can preach to you every hour of every day. She's learned to live with it. There was a man one time. His name was Hugh. I believe it was Hugh Kennedy. And uh, he was on his deathbed, Caleb. And he asked his kids, he said, bring me my Bible. He said, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. And he was blind, so he said, now put my finger on the place where it says neither life nor death. And he asked them, Caleb, he asked them, is it there? And they said, yeah, it's there. And he threw his head back on his pillow. And he said, kids, I pray to God that he's been, he'll be with you like he was for me. For I breakfasted with you this morning, but I shall eat with him this evening. Can I tell you, that's the promise of the bride of Christ. That if we was to go home, Terry, Terry, we lost some people. Some people in the body of Christ. But this is a promise that the Lord made. To be absent from this body is to be present with our Lord. Say, preacher, what gets you, what what really keeps you going? Sometimes it's just that. To know that none of this can last forever. To know that one of these days I get to go home. That pushes me. Say, preacher, what does it push you to do? It pushes me to do something with the time I've got left. Say, preacher, you too heavenly minded for earthly good? No. When I think of heaven, it makes me want to work all the more. To know that there's going to be some, maybe even in this building tonight, that won't be able to experience what we're going to feel and what we're going to see and walk on the streets. We're going to walk and experience the peace that we're going to have. That saddens me this evening. And to think you're so close. If you're not careful, you could die and wake up in a burning hell separated from the Lord that's a reality young people look up here hey I'm up here that's a reality hell is not a fairy tale that is a real literal place of weeping and gnashing of teeth where the where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not a place of outer darkness separated from the Lord I know what you're thinking. I'm young. I've got all my life ahead of me. That's not true. You could die this evening, God forbid, and be like that rich man in Luke and lift up your eyes in the devil's hell. Thank God I'm a part of the church. Preacher.